post, Jack. Sorry. Just a little, you know, a little groggy on this Monday. But uh, I just wanted to give you guys a little intro into this amazing interview, I guess. Not even. We just had, like, a great conversation with Vincent from Taste of Massachusetts Instagram, which is, like, a travel guide to New England food. So I had the greatest pleasure to speak with him, and we talked about, you know, some of his you know, spooky ideas for drinks and that he collaborated with, with Julio's Liquors. And I'm really glad that he was able to join me and talk about this. And it was a really great conversation. So there's no movies that we talk about, nothing graphic, you know, there's some swearing, obviously, but we just have a really great conversation about, you know, getting yourself out there as far as marketing yourself and things like that. So listen in as we're about to, you know, discuss some drinks and I don't think I was drinking during the initial conversation, but I'm right now I'm drinking Artisanal Brewworks Warheads Extreme Sour Watermelon. So I'm going to crack that as I edit this and you guys listen because that's really what's going on right now. So here we go. I hope you enjoy it and I hope that you are able to make some of the drinks and, you know, give him a follow, follow his page. He's got a lot of great stuff that is valuable. Uh, even if you're not local, it's really cool to see. And if you ever are thinking of coming to New England, so it's definitely a, a great idea to give him a follow. I hope that you enjoy the episode and I will, uh, let's just get to it. Hey kids. Let's welcome Vincent from Taste of Massachusetts on Instagram, where I met him. Welcome, Vincent. Thank you so much for joining me on Here for the Booze. Thank you for having me. Of course. I actually course. had lunch with someone today, and uh, I told her I was doing this, and she's like, I have a shirt. It says I'm here for the booze, but it spells booze, B-O-O-O-S. And I'm like, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's this. That's this. Yeah, right, right. We're talking about scares and alcohol tonight. I mean, I usually do talk about alcohol on it. Well, the, I mean, I love the name. The, the name alone was, as soon as I saw the name, like I jumped on it. And I think, are you, you're friends with uh, Matt from We Say Gravy? Or uh, you're, fr you're, you're friends with someone that I, I was looking at who they were following and I'm like, oh, wait a minute. This is a fun person. <laughs> I got to follow no, them. Or maybe of, maybe Vamp Fangs in uh, out of Salem. That, that yeah, maybe uh, yeah, pro probably because I feel like um, I last last year I was going to Salem a lot and I was like, yeah. just telling everybody about my podcast and just kind of and they were excited and because there's not too many but now that I'm in it there actually are a lot. So. No, but just now everyone's I have a card, so I try to like throw that at people. <laughs> and everyone's trying to pop all the time and so but this is the time to this is the time to do it. And the fact that you're based in Massachusetts, I was like cuz uh, you know, honestly, I'm not a big horror fan, but the more I thought about it, I was like, oh, there is a lot to talk about though in relation to being connected to Massachusetts. Um you know, things like uh, Lizzie Borden, things like Edgar Allan Poe was from here, things like, um, you know, things like Salem. And I love Salem year round. I never go in October um, because I don't have to, although I have. <laughs> I mean, I, I went one year on Halloween and oh, my God, the guy the guy dressed up as Richard Simmons for some reason loved me. So I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what that was all about. But um, 
yeah, there's a lot to talk about and there's so many things going on. You know, we were talking about haunted houses, how um, for some reason, Massachusetts has a lot of them and a lot of really good ones um, between Barrett's down in uh, Attleboro. No, not Attleboro. Um, uh, whatever that a town is um, and on the South shore on uh, route 18. Um, oh and then, I'm like, oh my god abington abington oh um, abington i'm yeah. like oh wow Ooh, and then like of course there's, i'm like that's yeah. way too far <laughs> <laughs> but then of course there's like spooky world there's yep. um sturbridge village does an amazing job and actually they pulled in a troop from rhode island um who do i am getting a little bit of feedback i don't know Are if that's cool? me or not yeah but i it's barely I'm barely hearing it, but just, just so you know, not, okay. not for any reference point. Um, yeah. Sturbridge village brought in a bunch of people for, um, you know, it also could be, I'm too close to the mic. Um, Sturbridge Village is they brought in a bunch of people that are doing things like, um, you know, um, the headless horseman Edgar Allan Poe, things of that nature. Um, really good character actors and they do a good job every year and they do bonfires and, and stuff like that. So, I mean, there's so much to talk about. Um, you know, the biggest thing I think is, and I know these dates always change, but Gore Place in Waltham does a very in-depth Edgar Allan Poe um, presentation. I think it's like some, it's something along the lines of like, Edgar Allan Poe's farewell tour and so like it's huh. and it's a character actor and uh you know he does all the greats and it's just it's really entertaining and it's, it's spooky but it's family friendly so it's you know you get the bo- best of both worlds but he really started this genre of suspense and and horror that really wasn't didn't exist prior to him and um I think we talked about this before too, like Mary Shelley with Frankenstein, like she doesn't get the credit she deserves. Um, although they were all high on lithium or something and like it was some <laughs> crazy couple swapping thing going on. But yeah. um, regardless, <laughs> it, it, you know, a great piece of literature came out from it. Um, and, you know, I always compare the actual Mary Shelley's Frankenstein to the day the earth stood still because the parallels there are way closer to, I think anything else. So. No, that's interesting. I I know. And there is a lot in Massachusetts for, you know, Halloween. There's a lot to do in Massachusetts. And I actually just discovered something really interesting this year that they do. um, I'm a big music person and Mm -hmm. they'll actually, there was like a, a symphony that, in Boston, it's at a temple. It's at, it's at some temple and I can't think of the darn name. Um, but they do like a candle lit, um, concert, like a spooky concert and they play music. You know, at first I was like, what kind of music are they going to play? But then they'll play like either Beetlejuice or Nightmare Before Christmas, you know, those kinds of like Danny Elfman scores and things like that. So it's pretty, I thought that that was pretty cool, and I didn't even know that. And yeah, Temple, Temple, things, it's crazy. Temple Ohabat Shalom in yep. on Beacon Street. They do a haunted evening, yeah, um, of classical Absolutely. compositions. Yes, pretty cool. Um, yeah, there's so many things like that. Um, I think I was talking to you about, um, you know, uh, what's her name, um, Lizzie, the Lizzie Borden House, and yes. how we have a lot of haunted. Um, hotels, the colonial up in um, Concord, 
Yep. The Wayside Inn, which is in Sudbury. Yep. You know, there's so much that I think that's kind of the reason why when I started talking to you and you asked me about this, I'm like, oh, my God. You know, we don't necessarily have to talk about horror movies per se because Massachusetts has so much. So, so much. Um, and, um, yeah, I mean, the, the, the other thing is like, th- this is uh, like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna riff, <laughs> which okay. is kind of weird. Um, Edgar Allan Poe, Ted, Telltale Heart is like one of my absolute favorite stories because it is told in the first person and yet is still suspenseful. So you can quite literally have one character actor on a stage telling the story. Right. And taking you through it, and yet you're there because of how well he described it. And um, I, I had, I don't want to say memorize the ending, but I foamed, I raved, I swore, I swung the chair upon which I'd been sitting and grated it upon the boards. But the noise arose over all and continually increased. It grew louder, 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 and still the men chatted pleasantly and smiled. Was it possible they heard not? Almighty God, no, no, they heard. They suspected. They knew. They were making a mockery of my horror. This I thought and this I think. But anything was more bearable than this agony. Anything was more tolerable than this derision. I could bear their hypocritical smiles no longer. I felt that I must scream or die. And now, again, hark, louder, 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 louder. Villains, I shrieked, dissemble no more. I admit the deed, tear up the planks, here. Here is the beating of his hideous heart. And that freaks out my friends when I do it. And it's just awesome. Bust into that. Just bust into that. Uh, you know, <laughs> campfire. <laughs> campfire, no, whatever. That. And they're like, but, how the f-? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know. Well, it's not short. I mean, that's a. No, that's yeah. It, but it's the end. But it, it summarizes everything. Yeah. And, you know, it when when talking to you about horror, like thinking about horror and like, I don't really like it, but I. There, the level of suspense with that, the level of just description, like he goes into and brings you there, and it's like just as horrifying as, you know, a jump scare, which is yep. like really the only thing I hate. Like if you remove jump scares from any horror movies, I'm, no problem. You know, I oh, just okay. hate that. I just hate that because you know it's coming and you know it's not and you know it is and. Uh, I don't know. I anyway. feel like sometimes they can be done, you know, pretty well. And I think I, I did my last episode, I talked about Insidious, <laughs> and I felt that that was a pretty good example of not overdoing it because there were times when you weren't expecting it. It's that famous scene where the red lipstick demon's right behind mm. Patrick Wilson. You know, that was a daytime scene. So, you know, and you weren't, expe- you know, the, obviously the woman you know, the mother's explaining everything and, you know, getting creepy, but there's no um, precursor music. There's no musical cues. Actually, that's what it's called. But, Mm. you know, so I feel like that can help, but I see your point. It's sometimes too cliched or it's too. What I I mean is it's, they're getting too good at it. (laughs) (laughs) There is no, (laughs) there is no foreshadowing. There is no. And that's the problem. Like, the the, cra- the more I was thinking about this, I was thinking about like, you know, the horror genre that probably doesn't get talked about is the fact that it gets pulled into a lot of very popular um, movies, television, what have you. So yeah. um, if you're familiar with Doctor Who, those 
freaking angels, the stone angels that the, whatever the hell they call them. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, that is the creepiest thing ever. Like, forget about Jason and Freddy yeah. and all that crap. Like, oh my god. And then, to a lesser degree, but still freaks out my father every time he sees them. The Borg in Star Trek, basically space zombies. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. When, when when the needle goes into the eyeball and it bends yep. the eyeball for a second, and then, oh yep. god. Well, I mean, you know, I feel like with horror, the genre thankfully is so broad you know what i mean like i love like i don't love science fiction all the time um because i studied science so for me it's i'm too critical the same reason why i can't watch csi or any of those shows i watch forensic files i watch the real (laughs) show (laughs) anyway but you know i i lost my thought um no the genre of horror is so broad I like that, you know, with science fiction, it can, it, you know, you have a nice mix, you know, and I'm not talking about species, I'm talking about Event Horizon, yes. where you have this crew trying to find this ship, but it's so sciencey, you know what I mean? But you mm-hmm. you forget that this is actually a horror movie, you know what I mean? What well, what would you call the alien movies? So those to me are technically science fiction movies. Like that's the thing is, you know, same thing. And yet. (laughs) yet, Well, absolutely there. We are gladly going to accept them into the horror because I think that, you know, science fiction movies don't always, you know, look at planet of the apes. That's definitely a science fiction movie. And that didn't turn into horrific acts. So I think, you know, sci-fi doesn't always go a treacherous way. But there are a lot of parallels that I think people can easily, you know, Pandorum's another one with yeah. uh, Ben Foster, another crazy, uh, 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 you know, actorial position for him to be in, uh, another crazy person. But, you know, I definitely think that when people think of horror, they immediately are like, Jason, Michael, you yeah. know, Art the Clown, like all those, you know, slashers. And it's really so much more than that, especially when you get into like Cronenberg or anything like that. Now we're talking about The Fly. We're talking about movies that are Mm. actually social commentaries about what's going on, but just in a more visceral way. You know what I mean? Like Videodrome Mm -hmm. is probably one of the most... uh, you know, well known for that at least. But anyway, um, so I'm I'm really glad that you're here, and I definitely want you to explain a little more to um, the listeners. You know what your Instagram page and your you know that venture is like because you know we're all here for horror, but you also you talk about food and travel and awesome things. So please, you know, tell people a little <laughs> bit more about that. Well, I don't want to bore them if they, I mean they're here for they're here for what they're here for, but, but uh, still, I mean, yeah, some people might be like, "Ooh, yeah," you know. Yeah, it's um, I started it basically thinking the 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 tagline is helping you program your GPS for New England because that's what we are. Um, th- there's no way there's no way you live in Massachusetts and you don't go to New Hampshire to Canopy Lake. Oh, by the way, uh, horror, uh, what, whatever the scream fest, uh, at Canopy Lake generally very well done. And, uh, the reason why I really want to give them a shout out is always hire local actors. They produce everything internally. They own their sets. They're not prefab from elsewhere. And, um, they, they build out about six haunted houses, or haunted experiences, they call them, uh, every season. And um, but they do it all themselves. And uh, it's one of the reasons why I like to shout them out because they they really do hire a lot of local actors for all of the stuff. And um, 
some of their their makeup arts are, are really incredible really that's creepy. great that's um, great but yeah you know taste of massachusetts it's about it's really taste in new england but that's you know you can't do stuff or whatever the, believe it or not the, the 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 copyright i this is how crazy copyright is and i don't know if you've gotten into this yet not really um so uh -oh. taste of massachusetts i own the copyright for the state of massachusetts in anything inside massachusetts but i don't own it outside so if you live in new hampshire and wanted to start taste of massachusetts <laughs> you could do it and have the copyright Oh. And you couldn't use it in Massachusetts, but you could use it in. It, this is just how crazy our some of our crazy laws are. Anyway, I was just gonna um, say that's funny though. <laughs> so that's why I, I figured Massachusetts, just because that's the base. But I mean, like I said, we go everywhere, and you know, look, the Boston Globe has a travel section, and uh, so does Taste of Massachusetts, and that's the way I look at it because, um, you know, I just uh, took my daughter with my wife to Disney for the first time. I posted Disney content; everyone loved it there was not one person complained. Yeah. Um, I covered a place, uh, thousand islands up in St. Lawrence river in New York, upstate New York. I covered it last July. No one complained. Yeah. Um, I'm doing right now. Um, I had an opportunity to go to the Azores, which are a chain of volcanic dormant volcano, um, islands off the coast of Portugal that are, they're part of Portugal. Um, I had to send a correspondent because I could not, get away for six days and my passport had expired anyway but um she uh give her a shout out selena from uh, trends and tolstoy on instagram and um she did beautiful photography beautiful videography and worked with me on telling those stories not one person complaining i think um we have a huge we, we have such a huge portuguese population in new england massachusetts and connecticut and rhode island specifically and uh you are is that what you're pointing yeah, at yourself? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And um, believe <laughs> it or not. Portuguese, you know, written on my leg. Heck yeah. Oh, <laughs> you do? That. Yeah. Yeah. So, belie so believe it or not, um, and I looked this up, between 72 and 84, 250,000 of the Portuguese immigrants that came to Massachusetts and Rhode Island came specifically from the Azores. Yep. So because of that... Um, Oh my God, the, the private messages I'm getting from people saying, my homeland, this is where I'm from. And because a lot of people don't like to do comments in the open, but they'll yeah. send you a direct message and they'll be like, oh my God, I showed my mother this because she, that's, you know, where we came from and she, you know, loved this and blah, blah, blah. And so it was all, it's, it's all good. And, um, I think that's one of the unique things about New England. Um, you know, we are so, we've pulled from everywhere that yeah. I could probably justify covering anything. Oh yeah. Um, you know, huge Greek population, huge Italian population, huge, um, obviously Irish, Irish um, <laughs> and, and, you know, England and Scottish and like, th there's really nowhere I could not justify except for something like maybe Australia. <laughs> you yeah. know? I mean, what and even the, and even then, um, there I found out in Perth there is a huge um, uh, complex called um, called uh, Ericetti Estates, and that's my last name. So I immediately said to myself, "Oh, well, I'm going to justify that because it's my damn family, and I don't <laughs> want to know how the hell Italians got to Perth, Australia." But um, irregardless, which I like to say <laughs> because. 
Webster's decided to make it a real word, and oh, I don't know why. Yikes. Yeah, that made me. That was a fun day. I because I, I would always say it in jest, sarcastically. Yeah. To my wife. Girl. Yeah. Well. T- <laughs> oh, really? Did I not mean? Regardless. Like, oh, it like, was. Uh, Gretchen Wieners. She it. did. And, yeah, because right? Is it her? Oh no, maybe it's um, Regina. Might say it. One of the one of the plastics says it in in Mean Girls, and that's I where I always said it from. But it totally could be from. Something I else. don't. I don't remember that. I always say oh. it because it's a colloquialism in Massachusetts that a lot of a lot of townies say. Yes. When they're talking, especially about sports, and yes. so and <laughs> so I would all, yes, eerie godless. So I would joke with my wife, and uh, every now and then I'd throw in an eerie godless, and she's like, oh, "Do you have to?" And I'm yeah, like, "Do you have to say I'm that?" Like, Let me shake my iced coffee from the top and uh, <laughs> wear white sneakers and shorts in January. Uh, <laughs> And she and she's like, oh, don't do that. I'm like, OK, Hell yeah. Um, but Hell yeah. but uh, but I digress. But uh, anyway, when I saw Webster's made it a real word, I'm like, why? And I didn't realize that. That's I know. Are we getting dumber, I've seen that like, damn movie a million times. It's been on I know. TBS I feel like or whatever. Like it gets missed because yeah. we because we use it. <laughs> yeah. But um, but no, thanks for letting people know about your page. And, you know, please go. Give him a follow. Even if you don't live in Massachusetts, it's got, you know, New England tips and definitely will make you come and visit. Uh, you know, the and I'm weird from thing- New Hampshire, so it's cool to kind of see new places coming up or places I just never visited when I was there. You know what I mean? What- I'm still learning about towns in New Hampshire that I've never heard of. And then like hearing the name and being like, oh, that's in New Hampshire. Oh, cool. I also lived in Southern New Hampshire, which is Northern Mass. Yes. So it doesn't really, because <laughs> my parents actually lived in New Bedford. Oh, so, really? Yep. Which is like little Portugal. Makes sense. Yeah. And yep. And, uh, and Fall River. So that's where my other cousins live. So, you know, where I would get Portuguese food is there because around me, if it's Portuguese, it's Brazilian. And I try so to wait. tell people like, if right. That's literally not the same. I'm like, they speak Portuguese. They are not Portuguese because so they're you're, not from Portugal. They're so Brazilian. Are you in Framingham or are you in New Hampshire now? Framingham. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 There's a big pot. Yeah. But you, you, you can tell because during World Cup, they're rooting for Brazil. Exactly. No, totally. And uh, Brazilian Portuguese, kind of like Spanish and Spain and Mexico. Yep. It's not the same. No, it's, Spanish yeah. is a little easier, but for Portuguese, it is very different. It's almost mm. like different dialects in, in, you know, within Italy and things like yeah. that. So, you know, like I would even, I met somebody who was from Brazil and we worked together and I said, I'm like, oh, do you like malasadas? Do you like casserole, linguiça, chadis? Mm. And I'm naming off all this stuff. He's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, you don't know what any of that is? Oh. Yeah. Oh, like, whoa. So it's, you know, it's a totally different uh, world. You know what I mean? But, uh, but no, I definitely love going out to, you know, in that area for some cheap food in general, you know, because when you're somewhere off the pike, like I am, it kind of, as you leave Boston, it's still expensive until you're almost in Worcester. Yeah. (laughs) Even Uh, then. Damn you, Newton and Needham. (laughs) Oh, I know. And Dover's like hidden away over there and Weston and I mean, I'm surrounded by rich towns because I live um, in the North part of Framingham. So it's like Sudbury, Wayland, Weston, you know, we, we, we got off a of 95 to get here because mm-hmm. we live over there. Yeah. I don't even touch the pike or anything. So, you know, it's, it's definitely the more desirable area to live. Um, and there's lots, I mean, you know, when my parents come up from Florida, there's just chains down there. 
Yeah. So it's kind of interesting that in Framingham, we have like an Uno's, um, a Olive Garden. <laughs> I'm trying to think. There's one more, uh, definitely an IHOP, but there's one more like restaurant chain. Bertucci's, but there's, there's one probably that... a Chili's or a Applebee's. No, we don't have or... a Chili's. We don't have a. Do we have a Friday? No, we don't. Ninety nine. You must have a ninety nine. Yeah, we definitely have a nines. Yep, it's next mm. to Trader Joe's. Yep. Um, but yeah, like we don't have. You know, they 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 took down the BBC, so that mm-hmm. really stunk because we used to love going there. But you know, and then they closed Framingham Beer Works, um, which really. Oh, they stunk. did. Yes. Oh. Didn't I was realize so that. sad local talk right now but yeah i was so sad that was like the one spot that was also open late like the kitchen mm. was open late yeah. when i used to work two jobs um i'd get out of work at like 10 and be home and be like oh my god i'm starving and yep. then we'd go there and they were open until almost one so it was perfect and it was close yep. by but yes they you know were. it's nice to not have chains and it's nice that you know there's there's all these you know food accounts like you have but you know, you all don't cover the same restaurants and you all don't cover the same material. And I think it's refreshing to see just like with the horror stuff, you know, just people, different people's perspectives on different things and, Mm. you know, just showing people what, you know, what to go check out and, you know, what's worth their time. So, you know, I always love to, you know, you've been doing this longer than me. I've just, hit my year a few weeks ago. <laughs> That's so. good. Congratulations. Crazy. Yeah. I can't, I, I feel like it went by so fast, but you know, cause I'm also working full time. So I feel like if I was only doing this, it wouldn't have gone by so quickly probably right. because you know, I'm still new at everything. I'm, I'm still, You're learning. Al- you know what though? You're always going to feel new. Like yeah. the, the, the thing I tell everyone taste of Massachusetts is technically my side hustle. My real yeah. job that I get money for is consulting for, businesses and growing their social media i don't technically get paid from doing taste of massachusetts um i sometimes get like sponsored or like not sponsored but um uh hosted but i'm not getting paid to cover any of these places they might be comping me but like yeah it's still right that's and now don't get me wrong i'm i'm learning my mojo and then i can apply that to my clients which makes me way more valuable and knowledgeable because i'm a practitioner i'm not just a bullshit artist you know i'm not a pr person that you know all of a sudden newspapers and radio and tv are less valuable now i got to learn social but i'm not a practitioner so i'm not going to know it so that's why like and the other and then the big thing is the real like advice for you is Everything's always changing so much that after about year two, no one really is going to have a knowledge advantage over you. Yeah. You know, once you get your feet underneath yourself and once you've done it long enough and once you have a good amount of content to to work with and once you get your style and, you know, figure it out, no one's really going to have an advantage over you other than how many followers they have because of how long they've been doing it. Right. Um, and that's because... not even, I've learned like followers, especially for podcasts, don't always mean that those are all your listeners, you know, because mm. I can look at my statistics for my podcast yes. and I can look at my statistics for Instagram and they don't match. And then I see people saying like they have 10,000 streams and I'm like, huh. Yeah. Okay. How does that I, I, happen? So I try not to get too caught up, but I do try to pay attention. Like, okay, what, you know, I've noticed like what time I post and like, if mm-hmm. that matters and like, if, you know, I look at when my users are on. So like, thankfully there are some tools and materials within programs and stuff like that. But to have somebody 
consult you with things that must be super valuable especially oh, if huge yeah especially if that is like their job quote unquote to do the online stuff you know yeah i mean the amazing thing is usually the first month i'm telling them things that they're like what and they like get freaked out almost because sure. you know just to your point about oh your count isn't really your count um facebook because I have a newsletter that's about yep. 45,000 followers. So I know how many people click on what and who clicks on what. Yep. If I put a link to a video in my newsletter that's on Facebook, if the person who's watching that video is not signed into Facebook, I don't get that in my count on my Facebook analytics. Huh. And I realized this because I did, <clears throat> I posted something on, because Facebook kills video anyway. They, yeah. I don't, I don't understand why they, they keep saying they want more video and yet they suppress it like crazy because I know from AB testing that I've done between my newsletter, between, you know, I've done some small ad buys on Facebook mm -hmm. and my engagement rate is like 50% within the ad buy when yeah. it's just to my audience, which means yeah. it's not a different audience. That's what's seeing it organically. So I know, I know whatever, but with my newsletter, I had uh, 6,000 clicks on my video and 6,000 unique. And so I was like, oh, let's see how many I have total on Facebook. And I'm like, 930? <laughs> like, what the hell's going on here? And I'm like, yeah. Facebook, Urr, well, I Zuckerberg. Know, right. I don't know if the provider, because I use BuzzFeed or Buzzsprout. Yep. All right, not BuzzFeed, Buzzsprout, yes, Buzzsprout. <laughs> to, to like host my podcast. So like. I pay for them to save the episodes because I don't have yeah, to. Right. Technically, right. I could have them just only have um, what's the storage? I can't even remember. But I have twenty. I have almost thirty episodes up right now. So that is, you know, material that is just waiting for people to use. So I'm not mm -hmm. sure if Buzzsprout, you know, is only like. I don't know. I have no idea because a lot of so people you, use Anchor. Yeah, a lot of people I use. There's another one. I use Game Anchor, or... Spotify. Well, um, Spotify doesn't. So to do a Anchor podcast, post, yeah, Anchor posted to Spotify, to right. Apple, and to I can't remember the third one. Automatically. Um, well, you for Buzzsprout, you have to like apply. Mm -hmm. So like you have to there's certain like for Amazon, I had to like for what is the one? One of them you needed like a live episode, and I was like, no. To be able mm. to like stream, I think it's iHeartRadio. I don't know. It was one of them, and I was like, it's "Probably iHeart." Yeah, that's stupid. I was like, "I'm not a radio host." Yeah, and my the audience isn't that big, so why would you know? So I didn't. I'm only on a few. You know what I mean? I'll, I'll take it one further. That's not the way people consume information now. Thank you. People I was like, "Who has time to just stop Look, what they're doing?" <laughs> I'll tell you, the only thing I consume live for content is the. Um, Resort TV One, which is a Disney Orlando um, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, they're on everything. But on sure. YouTube, they do live streams of the fireworks every Friday night in oh, Disney that's World, cool. wherever they go. And I'm like, hell yeah, I'm going to watch this live. And yes, it's free. And yes, I send them $10 every Friday night because uh, that I'm watching because I'm like, I want them to do more of this. And but outside of that or live or sporting events, yeah. people don't consume anything live. I, I watch Joe Rogan uh, or listen to Joe Rogan podcasts that are like three, four, five weeks old sometimes. I was going to say. Because I listen when I can and yep. I listen to what, you know, what interests me of who he 
has on or, or whatever. And I, that's the way people consume information. It's just the way it is. It's based on convenience, based on our time. When am I in the car driving for an hour? That's when I'm going to listen. Right. And, and right. that's when people gonna are going to listen. Yep. That, no, that's definitely. why. That's why, like, with with having me on, which I obviously appreciate, I was like, how can I give as much value as possible? All right, front end, we're talking about local stuff that people can go to for this month because that's going to be the best piece, the best info I can give you. And then, you know, after that, we'll get into drinks, of course. I'm I'm assuming you'll put that in the title when you're posting it. Um, And you'll you'll put a little marker so they know they can skip all the nerdy talk. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's why when we're saying, I'm like, oh, we need to talk about drinks because people will be making them themselves. People will be having their own parties. Yep. They'll probably want some good ideas. And truth be told, a lot of these ideas, um, I work with Julio's Liquors in Westboro. I, we talked about that. They're one of my clients. And I just, I disclose it to disclose it. And um, we do yep. drink cards a lot of times because these are what people are doing. And yes. a lot of times I'll get messages from uh, restaurants that say, this is a great idea. Can we do this? I'm like, yeah, it's just an idea. You, there's no, like, you, you don't owe us anything. Sure, um, no, but and, I feel like that's courteous. Yeah. And ask. And, you yeah. Know. And they, but they appreciate it. But a lot of times I tell restaurants to do stuff like this because it's great marketing because seasonal yes. marketing, it's the only thing you really got. I was going to say, I mean, unfortunately I'm not on Facebook like personally at all, but I have not seen lots of places with spooky drinks at restaurants. Yeah. I'm like, and I even asked Brittany from um, Boston Food Journal, Boston like, Food hey, Journal. like, let me know if you come across. She's like, absolutely. I mean, she's busy, but, and I haven't seen, you know, even other food people that I follow, nothing. And I follow restaurants too, and I haven't really seen too much and, or they'll call it spooky and it's pink. And I'm like, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's not spooky or it's not in a fun glass or yeah. presented whatever. I don't know. I feel like. I get to tell you, one of the pieces of advice I give to every restaurant, whether I'm working with them or not, I say, look at whatever Disney is doing seasonally and replicate it to some degree, to the degree that you can do it. Because they already did the market research on, they're not going to put something out there that won't sell. Thank you. Or that doesn't look good. And because of the nature of their business, it has to be easy to replicate because- you know, everyone's short staffed. Well, when you make drinks like that, which I've learned from like bar rescue, they have to be boom, boom. You have to be able to pump them out. So they're not, hopefully they're not overly complicated or 15 different kinds of, you know, liquor or mixes and things like that. Well, that's a great idea. I never thought of that. Yeah. I mean, because they, well, I'm a huge Disney fan in part because, what it really gets back to is just how Walt Disney set up his company in terms of he got screwed over, lost all of his original IP, had to start from scratch. And so he realized, well, I can, I can, I can't own the movie theaters. Cause again, that, that was the world he lived in. Right. I can't own the screen, but I can own the content. So I'm never going to give up my content, never going to sell my content. I'm going to create as much as possible and I can own the distribution. And that is, is the thing that people forget about. And so that's why I tell every blogger, podcast or whatever, you need to be on as many platforms as possible because you own your content, 
and you can own your distribution. And if you own both of those things, you're never going to be vulnerable to whatever the movie screen of the moment is. Hmm. And it's the reason why I built, I spent so much time building my newsletter because email newsletter, because I want to go direct because Uh if Instagram screws with the algorithm tomorrow or Facebook screws with the algorithm tomorrow or whatever the next one comes out, you know, I like to say, can, can I ask you're, you're not, you're over 30, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I'm 35. Ask... Everybody knows I'm 35. Okay, good. I don't ask. I don't <laughs> ask. I... Yeah. So do you remember MySpace? Oh, yes. Okay. Yes, do. <laughs> do you remember prior to LiveSpace? Do you remember LiveJournal? So I, I knew about it, but I was not in it. Yeah. So I was on LiveJournal like 98, right? Sure. <laughs> like... Oh, wow. And so, yeah. So then MySpace comes along and I'm like, oh, it's like LiveJournal, except it's a different... Do you remember who the two biggest people on MySpace were? Tom and uh, no, it was well, a Tom, band, right? No, so Tom was the owner. The two biggest oh. people on MySpace at its height were Dane Cook and Tila Tequila. You're right. You're right. Tila Tequila. That's <laughs> yeah. a name I have not heard in like almost over a decade. Wow. They had, and by the way, MySpace didn't have an algorithm like anything we deal with today. Right, right. They had they an straight ad- up by, um, yeah, just like who Top updated five, basically, yeah. Yes, it was just like oh, this and Facebook yeah. used to be that way because I remember when Facebook didn't even have a news feed, yeah. you would have to go to a part to that was like yeah, um, where people changed their profiles and things yeah, yeah, like yeah. that, and so people would feel ch- like if what was it. <laughs> And people were changing their picture every day just so that they would show up. Or their yeah, relationship yeah. status. Like, that's yeah, why whatever, I looked yeah. at it. Because it was like, oh, this person, you know, whatever. But oh. now that's the feed. You know <laughs> right. what I mean? And then you right. can. But anyway. And but, so yeah. and so the crazy thing is they had an advantage over any everyone else for attention. They could have diversified when Facebook and Twitter started. They could have built an email newsletter. They could have built out their web pages. They could have invested in themselves to diversify. And they never did. So back to Disney, because Disney did that, what he started to do in order to make money was he did a ton of nature documentaries. And then whatever language he wanted to uh, distribute to their market, he would simply hire the whoever the most... um, popular actor was because it was all the same script it was just translated to a different language and so he was able to take that one footage and distribute it to italy spain france germany wherever um and 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 yet have a local flavor to it and that's why a lot of people loved him around the world because he was making he was making content that wasn't that was native in their language. It wasn't dubbed over. It wasn't subtitled. And a lot of like, it's why he was worldly. It's why he didn't want a world war because he was like, uh, no, this is, I mean, we had to, but whatever. Um, no, no, no. You, but he you're was just like, the... Oh no, how am I going to, how am I going to go everywhere now? Yeah. Right. No, and so, that's... I mean, no one wanted that. Like, yeah. Anyway, but no, the, I... the, the point, the point is, um, di- by diversifying your streams and distribution, you get to reach so many more people by owning your distribution, by owning your content, you make yourself less vulnerable to the changing world. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why I tell everyone, like, you got to get on everything. Like, and that that's why, look, I discovered you because you were on Instagram. I would have never found you if you weren't on Instagram. I know. No, definitely. Definitely. And I feel like 
that's, you know, and I've met people and my person, it's funny because my personal Instagram page is private, but because like restaurants follow me and exhibit A follows me and Phantom Gourmet follows me because I've met Dan like 15,000 times. Um, but you know, I, I get all these requests from other foodie people now. And I'm kind of like, I, I all, you know, it's cool that I follow you, but you don't need to follow me just because restaurants, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, I think like less than greater than follows me rail trail follows me. Um, but it's because I've posted a ton of stuff personally because of them, because I love them or I've reshared and, or I, um, I actually knew people too who worked there. So they might've been running the page. (laughs) Yeah. I, I just visited them again recently and, uh, yeah, I mean, that. Uh, just back to your point, if a, a lot of these restaurants had those types of drinks, you'd be able to post them. Well, I. it's funny because I went to, um, and this is not a dig at them, but I went to Less Than Greater Than when they were having those like zombie drinks over the summer. And I wanted to sit inside at the speakeasy because it's kind of creepy and things yep. like that and have a drink there. And they sat us outside and I was like, oh, and they didn't have that drink. And I was like, oh, but they, you know, their drinks are fantastic. And I think I got a cat named Kevin and that was amazing. (laughs) That was so good. And I don't even love gin. I think that has gin in it. And it was like, it was like perfect. It was so delicious. But I do agree. Like, I wish that they had, you know, even like a dark drink because of food coloring, you know what I mean? And then like, Mm. you take those, uh. Uh, CO2 pieces or the yep. and dry just ice. drop them in and make a bubble. Yeah. The dry ice and just pop it in, you know, I don't see any of that, but it's also a weird time in the world, but that's why we have drinks that you're going to be able to make at your house. I was even going to like make a black margarita and be like, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> but here we go. I made a spooky drink finally, but no, I'm, I'm excited to, uh, to share these with everybody and, you know, finally giving everybody what I've been trying to aim the podcast for. But I, I did it a little bit differently. I was, you know, trying to get local drinks and beers and, and just, mm. I pretty much mostly drank vodka sodas, but that's okay. That's okay. Or White Claws, actually, if you listen. <laughs> but anyway, but back to the drinks. So which yeah. one did you want to share first? Um, the first one I have is Black Magic. Perfect. And uh, basically, if you were to look at it, it is a, it looks like it's orange on the bottom and floating black on the top. Oh, yeah. With a slightly burnt orange wedge. Um, You make it with a quarter cup of ice, half a cup of orange juice, one and a half ounces of black vodka, and half an ounce of triple sec. And of course, the... um, burnt orange wedge on the top and so basically what you have is you have an orange level a black level and then you put that orange wedge on top and you have an orange level in the orange and then the burnt orange on top um burnt orange is actually um a lot of places now where they're squeezing the um rind and kind of getting that uh, acidic uh flammable um uh, juice out and doing it right over a flame and it looks pretty cool. I think this is uh, this is probably a take on it. Uh, I don't know if you've ever smelt burnt orange, but I think it's like one of the best smells ever. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't smell sour or off putting at all? No. And um, 
I love stuff like this because generally when you have a drink that you can smell before you taste it, it just adds to the experience. Yes. Yep. And I do love that this is a, a layered drink, if you will. So do you know if you need to, do you make it as is and then so, it'll float? No. So what you do is um, you put the ice in the, you put the ice in, uh, let me, let me give you the order. Yeah. <laughs> ice in the glass. Um, then you put the triple sec, then you put the orange juice, Okay. then you layer the black vodka on top slowly okay. and it just floats. Perfect. Okay. Cause I was going to say, I was like, I think it's, it didn't look like it was written in order. So I just wanted to make sh- sure, but that's great. All right. So yeah, there's your black magic drink that you can make that actually, I mean, we always have triple sec in the house because we love margarita. Well, I love margaritas and my husband used to be a bartender. So margaritas that's almost like how we make margaritas except we add lime juice too and then that's it (laughs) beautiful and it's and it's nice and easy yes and fresh i for me it's the freshness and it's i don't love um sour mix so i don't uh even when i go out i say i or i try to order the the freshest drink that they have or i ask nicely if they have fresh lime juice to do it because i don't want any bartender in the back just squeezing out limes for me because i don't want to be that person (laughs) are you are you a fan of archer um no i actually have never seen it but i've heard it's hilarious It, it is hilarious and there's one line in it where he orders a margarita and he gets it and he tastes it and he's like sour mix in a margarita what is this auschwitz and he's like, I'm so-. and he says, I'm sorry, maybe that was going a little bit over the line. But come on, I, I, I died. So anytime, anytime the sour mix anywhere, I've just, I always want to just blurt out, what is this Auschwitz? Yeah, like, totally inappropriate, funny. but that's okay. <laughs> but <applicable>. um, <laughs> yes. Um, the next drink is the heat of the moment. And uh, this is definitely the most visually appealing uh, drink because what you do is you take the bottom of um, two chilies, red chilies, and you make them into devil horns on a margarita glass. I'm sorry, on a um, martini glass. Yeah. So um, and then you float two or three slices of Fresno chilies green uh, on the top. So you get some really great color contrast. You make it with two ounces of tequila, one ounce of passion fruit puree, half an ounce of fresh lime juice, half an ounce of agave syrup, and uh, shake it up. You can serve it with ice or straight up, which basically means you strain the ice out. And um, it has a nice yellow orangey, hue to it and uh just looks beautiful and uh i know a lot of people are starting to put spice uh of some kind into cocktails it's starting to be a very popular thing and uh people uh, today at a lunch and uh they offered us a oh god what was it some uh, it was like a cucumber mojito and they said but we use chill we use um jalapenos in it to give it a little kick and i'm like Jesus Christ, Ooh. they're putting it in everything. Have so, you tried have you tried um the Far From the Tree Cider Ectoplasm? I have not. Okay, why it has so, spice in it. So get this. So they make it every October and they only have so many cases of it and then they stop. So it's green pepper, kiwi, jalapeno, and something else. 
but it's the weirdest, best flavor. It's it's definitely not for everybody. The first time I had it, I was like, <laughs> what? What is the... It was weird because it's a bite. You get this bite, but it's not hops because these are ciders, so they're a little right, more fermented right, right. And, and they're fruit-based. And I don't know. It's a great, different kind of drink. And it's not super hot, but I, but I do see what you're saying with the drinks, you know, with turning up the heat and things like that. And this is something I would probably get because I also love passion fruit. I don't know where I would get that puree, but that I'll find it. <laughs> I mean, literally just get a passion fruit ch- and chop it up on a chopping that's board true. until it's pulverized. That's true. Cause you don't, cause you don't need that much. Right. And that, and that's, you know, that's the thing about fresh drinks and it always, I don't care what anyone says, fresh, anything tastes a million times better. A lot of times the reason why when you get something from a bakery and you take that bite and you're like, why is it so good? It's because it's fresh. Yes. That's all there's less preservatives. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But but even even that, well, again, with preservatives, they only put preservatives in things that need a shelf life. And if you're getting something from a bakery, it doesn't have those things. Right. Better not. Um, to the next drink, this is probably the easiest, although probably also the most ingredients. The heart of darkness, and this this turns out to be just jet black in the glass. Um, usually, they suggest a goblet or a brandy sniffer or whatever. Yeah, one ounce of dark rum, one ounce of fernet branca, three quarters of an ounce of lime juice, one half ounce of blackberry syrup, two ounces of usually San Pellegrino chinito, and uh, usually a sprig of mint as garnish. But uh, in the in the photo shown, they went with an orchid. Yeah. Because uh, they love that purple and black contrast. Uh, another great one, probably, um, just so you know, I've tried versions of all of these except for the um, except for the one that, with tequila because I just can't do tequila. Sure, um, sure. This one, the Fernet Branca, just comes through because it oh. it's just the overwhelming um, taste. Ah. And so I always warn people it's it's very different because it, it almost has a medicinal taste to it. So like a sipper? Yeah. Well, for some people. <laughs> for some people, people are downing it. <laughs> no, I think I think it's a good uh, I don't want to say gulpable, but uh, I think yeah, it's something sure. you can take a full mouthful of. Well, what's, what um, flavors the Chinito San Pellegrino? I don't know those flavors. So it's a so whatever that is. You, you know what San Pellegrino is, of course. Seltzer. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of like, um, Oh God, how would I describe it? Okay. Hold on. Let's, 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 let's go to the Google machine real quick. I was going to uh, say, cause aren't the Sam, cause I know their names are weird, but there's, it's all fruits. You know what I mean? So I was trying to think like, what is that? I know their weird oh. names are in Italian, whatever. Yeah. But no, this, I mean, I am down to try any drinks. I used to do liquor promos too. So I, um, when I was at Julia, I have a really funny story about Julio's while well, you're looking for that really fast. Yeah. So liquor promos and it was really quiet. It was a Friday, of course, really quiet. Cause yep. I did it from like five to seven and it was quiet, meaning like nobody was going to like take a shot. <laughs> there was people right. in the liquor store, but whatever. So they were so nice. And I'd been there before for like a tequila tasting in the basement. I was representing Don Julio at that point, mm-hmm. but for the, um, I forget what I was sampling. Probably actually it was probably Captain Morgan white because that was all I did that summer. Mm-hmm. But they were like, Oh, it's really quiet right now. And they were looking around. They're like, 
do you want a shot of our rum? I'm like, what? They're like, yeah, we make rum. I'm like, you guys make rum? And they're like, we're giving, I mean, I had like two within like yep. four hours, but I was like, oh my God, this is so much fun. And they were just great. And I love that they have events and that there are things like this with the drink cards. Um, I'm not super close to Julio's, but, or Julio's, but I, I never, I always yeah, forget. You pronounced it right. So that's what matters, right? <laughs> <laughs> I know I say it wrong. I say it right, say it wrong. But no, so, did you? Yeah, yeah the yeah, I mean, found it right away. Chinoto, it's um, they. I knew it was citrus, but I didn't know they said it's a type of orange. But then on the label, they show lemons and limes. <laughs> so I don't know. I just know it's. I know it's citrus. I've tasted it because I tasted it at Julio's. No, that's um, okay. And um, but maybe it, it is lemon and lime then, because if you're adding lime juice, yeah. But they said orange on the description on their page directly. So, um, maybe there are yellow oranges, yeah, maybe. I, <laughs> I don't mean, know. <laughs> actually, there can, can't there be green oranges? There, well, the crazy I thing about know. the crazy thing about oranges, um, tangerines, I didn't know this until recently. Tangerines are technically just oranges, they're just a type of orange. Yeah, I didn't know any of this crap. So, I mean, you <laughs> learn crazy things when you're in like the food world, and yeah. um, oh, it's so funny because I. <laughs> There's something called, um, um, uh, oh God, there's, there's a, there's a dish called mofungo. Okay. And the problem is Haitian mofungo is different than Cuban mofungo, which is different than, um, uh, Puerto Rican mofungo, which is different than Jamaican mofungo. And, they all think their version is the original and the best. And it's really like the variations are things like chicken, no pork, no beef, no got to be slow roasted. No, it has to be, you know, all this craziness. But basically the one thing that's the same, it's in a double fried plantain. So if you have slow roasted any meat inside, <laughs> you know, with basically some type of um, some type of uh, a stewed tomato, whatever reduction that's sweet in a plantain it's gonna be good like oh, yeah. like let's not let's not Sold. parse words <laughs> yeah yeah i'm not gonna say no no one's kicking that out of bed so um yeah so it's it's crazy the stuff you learn yeah um cool. all right we got two more and because i don't want to take up too much of your time and are, are we at the hour mark yet or almost <laughs> yeah so let, let's let's try to keep it at at an hour because i know a lot of people are probably a lot of your fans at least are probably going to jump on specifically for these drinks and they are good drinks so yeah. this one is probably of the drinks it's my favorite because it looks evil and it tastes totally delightful it's called the fade to black and it's jet black as well it's one and a half ounces of black rum half an ounce of ginger syrup quarter ounce of fresh lemon juice quarter ounce of fresh lime juice, half an ounce of simple syrup, half an ounce of chartreuse, and one sprig of rosemary. Um, this is so refreshing, and it mm. looks like death. Like you, you're, yeah. I'm assuming you're looking at the card as well. Oh, yeah. And it's so funny because I remember looking at it. Um, I had this. Where did I have this? Um, I had this at, it was an Italian restaurant and I'm never going to remember the name of it, but anyway, um, and it was so good and it was so refreshing and it looks like it's so jet black that, you know, you think it's, 
you don't even know what to expect. Um, the rosemary definitely gives it a um, herbal scent to it. Mm. Uh, it's, it has a little bit of sweetness to it because of the uh, simple syrup and the chartreuse, but the lemon lime give it that light, you know, cut through that and um, cut through the sweetness. The ginger gives it a little bit of pop. And of course, rum is rum. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. <laughs> So yeah. were you telling me that you were, a, someone was recently telling me they were a fan of um, mules and I would suggest this for someone like that. I was going to say, it kind of reminded me of a, a non, you know, a non mule, like a liquor yeah. mule instead of a, a regular mule. But no, that definitely sounds really good. I'm trying to think of like, we have this in the house. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, it comes across, like I said, it, it's much more refreshing than you would think, but yeah. Um, and, and it's, I mean, relative, other than the chartreuse, most people, and obviously ginger syrup, but um, you know, most people have obviously black rum is a little bit different. It's just a little bit thicker. Um, I, yeah. I, I don't, you know, sometimes it's spice, sometimes it isn't. I don't know. I, I always prefer spiced rums, but that's just me. You get in like trouble. It. Like, the, like well, I said, that Captain Morgan White, that's on their unspice. That's like their uh -huh. Bacardi. And I like it over Bacardi because it's like smooth. Mm. Like, yeah. you don't even know. Like, I don't I don't like rum and Cokes. And I was drinking rum and Cokes. Have you ever had unaged whiskey straight from a still? No. <laughs> well, I mean, I've, I've visited a lot of distilleries. So no, that's I'm, cool. I'm not, no, that's cool. When you taste a whiskey, a white whiskey, they some people call it a white whiskey. Some people say, well, if it's an unaged distilled spirit, it's moonshine and doesn't matter yeah. what you make it with. But yeah. whatever, I digress. I was in um, Hill uh, Tower. Oh, God, I'm never going to remember the name of it. Distillery up in New Hampshire. Tower, oh. Tower something. Tower... Or is it Hill? Whatever. Regardless. Irregardless. I've never even heard of a distillery in New Hampshire. Holy crap. Wow. Oh, no. It was. It's it's awesome. And uh, he was it was coming right from this, the still. And he's like, oh, want to taste it? And literally just put a glass underneath the stream and pulled it out. And I'm like, oh, Heck my yeah. God. And I've only been to Boston Distillery in Dorchester or Boston. Yep. But that was though it's a woman owned. And she was like part owner of Sam Adams, I think. Really? Right? Am I telling this right? Because it's a woman who owns Boston Distillery. And uh, it's like, I, I didn't. Have you never I did been not there? know that. No, I'm, oh. yeah, I, I think I have, but I, I did not know that. Um, Flag I Hill Distillery. So sorry. No, 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 no. Don't worry about it. I thought she had worked for Sam Adams, but I totally could be confusing myself because they also make like a whiskey beer there. So that's why, because we we went on like one of the last tours, and she toured it, like she did it, and we we're like. And then we did shots with her after. Like, mm. she was so cool. So cool. Because this was like two or three years ago. Boston Harbor Distillery? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Rhonda Kalman. Yes. Uh, started so I think in 2012. Yeah, yes. So we went in like 2016 or 17 yeah. when they just, uh, it's not very big, but they they're, everything was really good. I mean. Yeah. It was it was fun. That was that was she was fun. She was fun. Yeah, they've done. <laughs> they've, it that way. She was yeah, fun. They've done some projects with uh, with Julio's. Um, yes. A couple of times, and that that Boston, yes, Boston Harbor Distillery, because Boston Distillery is a different 
different. Oh, okay. Entities. Sorry, I didn't realize. Um, no, no, no. That's too. you know, just uh, look. If if not for the fact I had a cl- I have a client who is a whiskey expert, I would have never learned anything about whiskey in my life. There we go. There um, we go. So Flag Hill Distillery in New Hampshire. It is Flag in Lee, New Hampshire. Uh, they're also a winery. They're also a brewery. That. They yep. are very good. Super nice people. Yep. Um, they gave me, some, yeah, they gave me some whiskey uh, straight from the the still, and that's so uh, fun. Oh my god, it has a creamy note to it that I I can't describe it any other way than creamy. Ooh, it's so good, so Ooh. crazy good. That's that's cool. That's cool. yeah. Uh, the final drink that we're going to talk about, which is relatively easy, <laughs> is a Black Widow shot. And uh, this is one and a half ounces of black vodka, half an ounce of cranberry juice, one cherry for garnish, and red sugar crystals for the rim. I know I had this somewhere on Lansdowne Street in my younger days. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It may not have been uh, black vodka, but everything else was exactly what this was. Red sugar, you know, they did it up. It was probably in a shot glass. Nothing as pretty as as the photo. I but, was just um, gonna say, yeah, yeah. This, this, this know, is that looks like a nice, like big batch. You know, yeah. if you're gonna make shots for the party, you know what I mean. This would yeah. be one nice. shot to start out, not something you want to have a bunch of because you don't want a headache. You want right. to remember the night. Everybody gets one shot, and that's yes. it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but no, yeah, that's that sounds really good. One shot. Just, everyone I mean, knows all the of these rules. I would drink. Yeah, uh, like I said, other than the one with tequila, um, I I've had all of these there definitely fun they're definitely not um i mean I, I wouldn't suggest drinking five of them in a sitting but you know they're 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 fun drinks they're stuff you can do yourself um i think the 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 first one floating the black vodka is much easier than people think when you're working with a glass of ice uh sure. when there's a lot of ice in a glass i know during um during uh what's uh, during like fourth of july it's very easy to do a red white and blue sangria that floats yeah um if your glass is full of like shaved ice because it just layers because that's it it just holds on yep yeah it just and i mean as soon as you start drinking it anyway it's going to get mixed up um because that's just the nature right it's it's (laughs) gotta do it for the gram you know come on that's what are we in this for exactly Um, exactly my fa- my favorite quote about food that my father told me, and uh, even though I was a philosophy major, I didn't know this. He said that Plato said, uh, "In a democracy, if the food is not pretty, the people will starve." <laughs> and I and I I just every time I think of that, I'm like, how apropos for current day society? <laughs> how how perfect is that? Um, but it's you know to a certain degree true, but. No, this no, has no, been that's... fun, I have to say. This, <laughs> okay. I mean, this was the goal. Like, let's talk about awesome drinks that are Halloween based. And uh, well, I mean, there's it was other the impetus holidays. Well, there's other holidays, so we can always revisit. And I would about... strongly suggest you go hardcore more about not not more than horror, but go more into the booze. A lot yeah. of people, a lot of people are, um, you know, bicameral, if you will, with their with their pages. Um, you know, we're talking about Brittany, Boston Food Journal. She does food and fashion. Yes. And oh, when they... her heels calendar. Oh, <laughs> my. What a genius idea, though. That is yeah. totally unique. You know what I mean? I think that that is, 
you know, when she was posting them to start, I was like, what a cool idea to show off shoes and food. Yeah. Like, what? I don't know. I, I want... Just... So when she first poses the first one and then after she asked for, you know, suggestions, I said, I want... So there's a place called Polly's that does a um, six-foot-long lobster roll. And I know <laughs> she's worked with them before. And I'm like... I'm like, up your game, Polly's lobster roll, heels, meals on heels. And she goes, Oh my God, how would that even happen? And I'm like, lots of really like um really long um skewers like that you use for um s'mores. Yeah. Or she'd in the to, bottom. Well, or like she'd have to like have both of her feet. Both feet, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and kind of like not straddle it, but like position a way to like Oh actually I'm gonna I'm gonna send her a message. I just yeah. thought of something because it's getting oh. colder. She could do it on a ski. <gasps> she could do a ski boot. Look at you. Oh, this my God. I'm going to text her right after this and tell her. I was just going to say, because if she could collab with a ski company, that would be like. Or, or just a ski resort. Her. That is or effing her. brilliant. Oh. Effing brilliant. There's only. Yeah. There's, people don't realize there's only like 45 ski resorts in New England. Like, yeah. it's really not. You know, even they they obviously handle a lot of numbers, but there's really not that many. So no, that would I mean, be cool. Yeah, no, no, no. That's a great idea. No, I do. I love seeing the the different ideas, and then she shows some of the behind the scenes, and mm. that's kind of cool too. I I really there's, appreciate that. Do you ever do you ever listen to? There's a guy named Gary V who talks a lot about social media. He's an entrepreneur, no. but he's um he started out he started out in the liquor industry as a wine blogger. Uh, on YouTube in the early, early days. And now he, uh, about 10 years ago, he started his own marketing company, um, you know, Madison Avenue, but he only does digital. But he puts out a ton of free content on YouTube talking about all, you know, why you should do this. He was, he was pushing people to get into podcasts about um, about six months before the pandemic. Yep. He's like, he's like audio long form audio because it's convenient to consume people yeah. are spending time in their cars or they're consuming content when they can not you know it's not eight o'clock thursday night let's sit in front of a tv anymore right. it's i want to consume this when i want um and he was obviously he was right he's he's been right about most things when he's wrong he admits it but he gives lots of tips like that and huh. uh, he's he's great if you ever have a chance because you can yeah. find his um find a lot of his like Old stuff, Ask Gary V was what it used to be called. Uh, find a lot of his uh, speeches, you know, his um, mastermind speeches or whatever they call them, genius speeches or whatever, because um, there's a lot in that. And it's crazy how right he is about a lot of the stuff. No, I appreciate I learned that. About, Thanks. I learned about him because he said a lot of the things I said. And I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? And then I'm like, oh, OK, he knows his stuff because he knows his stuff. Because I'm like, I say this and everyone ignores me. He says it and, you know, he gets speaking oh. deals. And I'm like, oh, he he worked his way up. He he deserves this. I'm like, okay, that's fine. No, I no. definitely need to, you know, like I there's another podcast. I think it's Shaken Not Scared. I think that's what they're <laughs> called. And they do like reels of making drinks and things yep. like that. And I well, definitely at least wanted to like post a picture of it and tell you the recipe. You know what right. I mean? But I just kind of got a little lazy. But I, I try to do like different beers, like um I did like the Lord Hobo. They did like a strawberry lemonade sour. That was oh no wait was yeah that was them. And then yeah, I just did do, another. Just do reviews of all the Halloween beers. I mean, I I, I'm well, I'm posting a Halloween. 
just go to Julio's, uh, go to their to their Instagram or Facebook page, because I have to post all of their new beers constantly, and they've all come out with Halloween ones. Just scroll through. Just go to their beer page, just because uh, you don't need to see the other stuff. No, yeah. Um, and um, just review each of their beers because th- they appreciate the hell out of that, and they'll all share it. Um, no, that's true. The, yeah. the thing that I was going to say about Gary V though is one of the things he suggests is to do pillar content, meaning take a piece of content and then break it up. And like, for instance, um, you know, we talked about each of these drinks, make each of these drinks and say from my podcast, link back to the podcast and then blah, 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 blah. Um, Pillar content, meaning Brittany is shooting the making of while she's doing it, but she's posting the making of after as an afterthought. So the way Gary V talks about it is he calls it selling sawdust. If you're making stuff with wood, you have all the sawdust left over, put it in a bag and sell it to pet stores or whoever needs sawdust. Um, that's that's the that's the idea. One big piece of content that you then can break up in different meaningful ways for your audience. Huh. I mean, I try to not just talk about, you know, movies or, you know what I mean? And I, mm. I try to talk about music and, you know, I don't know. I, I definitely... The nice thing about booze is you have a lot of people out there who would probably happily sponsor you. I know, right? I... No, yeah. Because... I, my, well, my friend who runs like a, he has like a, a, a kitchen now. He was saying that he would um, eventually. He's just been really busy. So, I mean, I've gotten some people to be like, hey, but some people also don't really know what that means, but they say it. So I'm like, well, yeah. that means you need to tell me what you want. And then I'll tell you how much I'll charge you for it. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I, I'm, you know, it's only whatever. So I don't know. I, I think people just need to remember, like, it's not just like you sponsor me. It's actually like a service we provide for each yeah. other. You know what I well, mean? Yeah. And then the other side of it is, and I, I do this all the time or as much as I can. If you get a sponsor, I'm going to give them a shout out. Yeah. Happily. No, that, well, and, and that's people, the thing too. Yep. Yeah. It and just, people need to, people need to start remembering that the network is more valuable than the number. Yes. Um, one of the, not to again, get on a Gary V kick, but one no, of the okay. funny, one of the funny things he said is if you say, if you say like he swears, I can swear on this, right? Yes. Oh, please. Okay. Please. He's like, uh, he's like, let's say an influencer approaches you and they have like a thousand followers and you know, you don't work with anyone lower than 10,000. So you say, fuck you, kid. That kid could have a thousand followers, but one of them could be his aunt who's Oprah. All of a sudden, a thousand followers is much different right than what you think it is yeah and so that's like that's kind of like what i try to do with the people i'm most friendly with if they mm-hmm. get something i will share it at least into my stories and instagram to at least get them an extra you know thousand two thousand impressions or whatever anything that can be done because mm-hmm. i understand the value is way beyond you know i think we were talking about before if that person's father follows me forever (laughs) then you know i don't care that that it's not a one-to-one 50 50 collab because it doesn't matter because that's it's never gonna that's not the way life is you know no and yeah no it's it that's interesting that you bring that up because you're so right you know what i mean i and i still like will reshare my podcast stuff on my personal instagram because not all of my friends 
are jumping on my podcast page. So just in case, if there's ever that inkling that you're interested to hear what I have to say, I still blast it. And, you know, I, everybody keeps saying to me like, I don't like horror. And like, you were one of them too. And I'm just like, there's so much more than just the graphic movies. You know, there's well, the beautiful ones. There are, you know, classics. There are the, the non there's the Frank, ones. there's the, right. There's the Frankenstein. There's the Mary Shelley. Yep. There's the, Nightmare like Before Christmas, Edward yeah. Scissorhands. You know what I mean? There's all these movies that people oh my don't God. realize. We could do, well, not now, because this is the end. This is towards <laughs> the end, and I do have to jump soon. But No, 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 that's totally um, fine. Nightmare, so I, I thought of this after the fact, back to my Disney thing. Yeah. Disney does such a great job with Halloween Yeah. in a way that everyone can enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, they used to do the Boo to You um um mickey's not so scary halloween party but this year they they had to scale it back some because of covid but even still they still do such a great job and they collaborated with someone you can look this up down in disney in uh, orlando to do two beers one is an orange beer and one is a black beer and they serve it with two orange slices because obviously they're in florida as well yeah they tr- serve it with two orange slices stuck into the glass to make it look like a mickey mouse <gasps> and it is hilarious to think that is so genius how though. simple like, how yep. simple it is and it's not garbage per se like you're not right. using plastic you know what i mean to and make there's and it's a local and it's a local brewery so you know That's it's someone so... yeah um i think I paging that. Paging Mr. Morrow is the uh, account that I think posted it. Um, oh, okay, that's that's okay. from one of you get it from one of the rides. Yes, Paging yes. Mr. Morrow, Mr. Tom Morrow. Yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> yeah. The, the, I believe me, I love Disney bloggers, but um, it's so niche. But it's it's great because they're almost all of them are on YouTube. Yeah. And they they're getting into the other platforms but like it's great because these people have like a hundred thousand followers subscribers on youtube and yet they don't have as many followers as me so when i engage with them and they're like wait a minute who the hell is this and i'm like liking all their stuff and commenting and sharing and they're like oh and then i've had some great like just back and forth conversations with them about like advice and they're like oh this makes sense i'm like yeah do it every single time don't worry and that you know, I tried that thing and it worked, and I'm like, oh great! And I tried that thing and it didn't work, and I'm like, oh. oh right, no. <laughs> I feel like this isn't a competition. You know what I mean? There's, there's no, you know, there's even... so much opportunity out yeah. there, and the market is not saturated to right. the degree, it's... in any degree. Like with, like I said, with what you do, it's so perfect because Christmas time, you don't, you can just talk about alcohol and talk about the booze. Yeah. You know, what you need is a good tagline because the tagline can really, it's like when I, my tagline is helping you program your GPS for New England, mm-hmm. all of a sudden it's not taste of Massachusetts food, it's the flavor of of New England. Yeah. And so it's local food, local travel, fun things to do with your kids. I'll post things I do with my three-year-old. Yeah. I won't put her face on it, but, you know, I'll, I'll yeah. go to the Davis Animal Farm one week and then the next week I'll be at you know, a restaurant, it, like it doesn't, it doesn't matter. I, I yep. think the tagline for you, uh, I don't know what it would be, but I think the tagline is really, um, you know, here for the booze, you know, um, I don't know, but like, no, that, no, that, I, I think, you understand I what I'm like, saying? 
I think I just said like a different horror podcast because I feel like, you know, my perspective of horror, um, I don't know if I've said this, but I've said it on the podcast, but like I worked at a video rental place. So I'm <laughs> from that. Clerks. You know, well, I actually worked at, it was called Movie Scene in New England, nice. in New Hampshire. Nice. Um, but it was like a, a rival to Blockbuster and Planet or Hollywood Video or whatever. So, Movies you know, more. it was. Yep. And this is where I was able to kind of like stretch my legs in yep. movies because my parents were very like, we're going to watch old classic movies and yep. we're not going to watch any new garbage. And if it was, it was like Mission Impossible or Days of Thunder, a.k.a. like Tom Cruise movies. So it was just, <laughs> yes. you know, I, I was a little, you know, pigeonholed growing up, but then Thankfully, as I got older, my parents also were a little more open to things. But working at the video place, you know, you'd always be at a video rental store growing up and you'd see all these yep. covers and be like, what is that movie? Ooh. So Noise, 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 smoking weed, smoking <laughs> weed, drinking beer. So it's just like I got to fun. watch all these really cool <laughs> all movies. All these crazy. And- well, right, also, and now like for, video places aren't even around. And it's- for, I'm, for us, I think you're probably right at the cutoff where yeah. independent movies meant something. Yes. You know, movies like, I don't know if you remember Smoke with um, Harvey Keitel. A lot of the people that were in those early um, Tarantino movies also were in like Smoke and a lot, lot, just Dogma was technically still considered at the time. Yeah, all of that. Well, that kind of a little bit more, but yeah, still in, in that realm. And independent movies like now are have like equal budgets and it's just literally funded by an individual well not... actually in the horror it's not so i right. feel like for like low but like an independent for like what zombie rob zombie's doing and stuff no he's not independent absolutely not he's sponsored by miramax oh. or oh uh, he was yeah the one i think weinstein was involved i'm trying to remember Ooh, do i oh i have h2 right in front of me hold on one second <sighs> it's uh <laughs> Well, it's Blumhouse, and so that's, I think that is technically, um, oh, it's Summit and Alliance. Well, they still needed a a distributor regardless, so a lot of times they'll partner with them, but still be, the the actual production, you know. So I think Alliance is the distributor then. Yeah. Because Blumhouse is the production. Oh, no, this is Sinister. Oh, my God. Sorry. I grabbed the totally wrong movie. I was just going to say, that looks different than. No. Oh, it's Dimension. Yeah, it's Weinstein. It's Dim- it's Weinstein. I knew it. That's why I was like, it's either Merrimax or, but yeah, yeah I but guess- he, he's got his hand in a lot of stuff. Unfortunately, well, Merrimax was bought out, so it's no longer their comp. It's no longer the Weinstein's company. Oh, that's now okay. when you watch Merrimax, like I just saw Halloween Kills, and now yeah. when you watch Merrimax, it says underneath it like the real company names that own it mm. because Merrimax is a, a company. Right. Um, you can't just like rename it, or they right. they're not going to rename it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At least not yet. No. But, um, but yeah, so. Yeah, but they're, you know, like Terrifier, uh, that Art the Clown that I was talking about earlier, that is a low-budget, independent, um, totally not studio-made movie, but it's huge. You know, Art the Clown is now, like, the same almost as Pennywise. You know, people know who that is. And the director of that movie was a special effects person and still is. So the movie is that much more smart. Authentic, yeah. And authentic. And it's smart because when you don't have a big budget, you have to be super creative. I mean, we would not have gotten Dawn of the Dead if it wasn't low budget. You know what I'm saying? Like Tom Savini would not be 
who he is without low budget because he needed to figure out how to do that without spending just because they didn't have cash. Oh, even so, even go even going back to like um, Arthur um, Hitchcock. Yep. Um, you know, same thing, same exact like those stories about not showing the gore to get yep. around a lot of things, and then also just the cost. Am- yeah. am- amazing how a lot of that came around. Right, his so. bloodiest movie was Psycho. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, and if you think about it, the birds would probably be next. Oh, I and, hate the birds. Yeah, I just I don't know, like birds. A, <laughs> it's just such a weird. It's you know, I think I've only seen it twice, but each time oh, I was it's like, creepy oh, as God, hell. that sucks. Just getting pecked like <sighs> that. Rear Window and Dial in for Murder are my favorites. Right, because um, the, but they're suspense. It's it's almost yes. it's almost a subset of that of that horror. Well, they're like I detective. Have, they're detective yeah. stories, so they're yeah. a little more. Let's figure it out together. Yeah. So, but you know, we don't have to get too into that. But well, yeah, I, I mean, I do have to jump, and I hate to say it, but I no, do. No, no, that's sorry. totally fine. Thank you so so much for coming. Oh yeah, Thank and you, we should do know. this again in some in some. We'll we'll find a topic that works. Absolutely, um, and you know, and definitely do this him. again. Yeah, please follow him. <laughs> Takes the Massachusetts. You know, definitely. Uh, well, he'll be back, and you know, we will. Uh, we'll definitely be talking about some more stuff. So, thank you so much. I appreciate. Absolutely it. happy to do it. Thank you. All right, kids, I hope that you learned something and you enjoyed our little conversation that Vincent and I had, and I hope that you enjoyed this because I definitely am looking forward to doing a little more collabs like this. So if anybody even has any drink ideas, let me know. I, I am not a bartender, so this was, this was really cool. So I hope you guys learned a little bit even how to make drinks and some science, if you will. No, I'm just kidding. But... Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for supporting me and tuning in. I I really, really appreciate everything. You know, just getting ready for Halloween and everybody just have a great night and stay spooky always. And uh, I'll see you later. Good night, kids.